Back to throw. In trouble. He's going to be sacked. No, gets away. He runs. Gets away again. Goes to the 40. Gets away again. To the 35. Cuts back at the 30. To the 20. The 15. The 10. He dies. Touchdown 49ers. Welcome, everybody, to the 49ers Web Zone No Huddle Podcast presented by Manscaped. That's a new one for us. Uh, I am Brian. That is Al. We also have Zane here. And we are here to react to what was a very disappointing and sloppy and gross performance in Chicago. Uh, I know that uh, I there were things that I thought were good. There were definitely things that were not great. So, uh, guys, let's get into it. Uh, Al, bring us home, man. You know, the Niners are going to have this young QB who's going to be all over the place, right? And today, I I thought he did some really good things. I thought he did some things that made him look really green, you know, some some not so good things. And also, the weather was awful, and there were drops, and the offensive line was awful. They're this young quarterback. They're in a position where I I think it's unprecedented, where they have this supposedly really good roster in a QB who's so green. And I don't mean like he's he's a rookie, you know, he's just coming in, whatever it is. He only had 300-something pass attempts in college. Look at the other guys who've come into situations similar to this, Roethlisberger, Mahomes. They've had Russell Wilson. They've had 1,200, 1,300, 1,400 career pass attempts in college. Lance is really green. So if you're going to have this guy, um, you need to really support him. So when today, today they, just, they, didn't, they did not do that. They were sloppy 12 penalties and big penalties that led to five Chicago first downs. The Bears had 15 first downs and five of them were on Niners penalties. You know, there were drops. There was poor offensive line play. Um, the defense kind of just went to hell in the, in the second half. And a lot of that was because of, because of the penalties. But, you know, we've seen the Niners come out slow before. We've seen this happen in, in games. The, the thing is with this year is kind of needed these first two games. because The schedule gets really tough. So it was it's kind of an infuriating game because it was a game I thought that they should have won by two or three scores. So trying to take it with a grain of salt, but it still doesn't make you any less pissed off when you're watching it. It was sloppy. Um, they were undisciplined and we've seen that too much opening the season for them the past five or six years. Yeah. I feel like this was kind of part of the course for week one for Akash and Antine. Like every, it seems like every single game for, you know, the last, this is, this is the sixth one. So the five previous games before this, they were all also very sloppy as well too. So I just don't know what it's going to take for Akash and Antine to be prepared when it comes to going into a season. Cause remember like, the starters sat out most of the preseason, right? Guys didn't, guys didn't play any of those games. And we were just like, oh, it's, it's going to be preseason. It's fine, right? That was the excuse, right? Like, it's, it's just preseason. Well, that bled into week one. And that's the unfortunate reality. And, and I think that, you know, anybody that's wanting to evaluate Trey and how he did today and within the offense and things like that, I think that you, you can't do that today because it was just like a, like I tweeted out before the game that it was just a kind of hang on for your life type of game and, and hope that you come out on top because the, the conditions were so bad. And I, I do agree that it's, it wasn't a, it, you know, it wasn't just on Trey and it was, it was a team loss. Like the offensive line, like you said, Al was terrible. The D, you know, while they played well at times, like they made the crucial mistakes, like on third down, they couldn't get off the field. It reminded me, like, do you guys remember the Indianapolis game last year here in the monsoon mm-hmm. at Levi's? Yep. It was a yeah. carbon copy of that. Like they jumped out to that 12 seven lead last year. You remember that? And, you know, mm-hmm. everything was looking fine. And, and Elijah Mitchell was dominant in that game. And they were, you know, they were looking to kind of run away with it. And eventually the Colts started 
uh, getting a bunch of pass interference penalties down the field. You remember that? Like Carson Wentz just tore it up down the field, get a pass interference penalty. And mm-hmm. eventually the Niners turned the ball over and it became, you know, kind of a, a, a total flip of the script. And I feel like this was just an exact copy of that game. And to me, I'm not like, I'm not worried about Trey because like, it's his, look, it's his third start. And the throw that he has specifically, there's one throw that flashed me. That was like, wow, that this, this is the potential of the guy was the throw to Ray Ray, right. That he made just yeah. right over the linebacker, like mm-hmm. literally right over his fingertips yeah. along the sideline, just such an impressive throw for like a third start. Right. You just don't see that. And you know, the Juwan Jennings was a little bit, it was, it was a nice play. It was underthrown a little bit, but you know, I think that, they they did have to have this game, Al. You, you, you know, you were right because the schedule does get tougher. You absolutely have to have Seattle next, which we'll get into later on in the week. But yeah, I, I'm I'm supremely disappointed because this is a game that they really like. They left a lot of points on the board. Trey had an easy layup touchdown to Tyler Croft that he just completely missed on, and call it wet ball, whatever you want. Like you know, not having Kittle there, whatever it is, and then the Debo fumble, right? Like you know, which is one of those things where it's like I I, I am the biggest Debo fan that you will find ever since he got drafted. He, I was like, he's my favorite receiver. I'm on record on saying that. Right. But it just, it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way that like, you know, he was out all training camp. He held out, well held in. And then like immediately, like on his second touch of the season, he immediately fumbled the wall. And I know people will say it's raining, things like that, but the bears did not have one fumble at all. They just had that one turnover with Justin Fields, which was, you know, which was bad, but they never fumbled it. They never put it on the ground. And it's just a lot of those mental mistakes guys that, you know, they, they just happen a lot with this team. Like they, they seem to relax and then they'll have like a five game stretch where there's like, bam, like they're airtight, they're bulletproof. And, and it's just been that way with Kyle for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Again, I, you know, the, and there are people that we can already see in the comments that, you know, are, are already trying to push the narrative essentially again, that, you know, this is just an example of why Trey isn't ready or whatever. Here's the thing. You know, Trey Lance, uh, Trey Lance converted on eight of 17 third downs, right? One of the big areas that people pointed to when they were with Trey Lance detractors or Jimmy Garoppolo supporters was you got to have Jimmy in there. Uh, Trey is terrible on third down. Jimmy's elite on third down. Uh, that's one of the ways that, that Jimmy wins, right? Wins games is third down efficiency. Uh, again, Trey converted or the 49ers offense converted eight of 17 third downs, which was for 47%, which was uh, higher than all but five games that Jimmy Garoppolo had uh, last season with the 49ers. Uh, that Colts game that you talked about, Zane, uh, the one way that it wasn't, they were one of 11 on third down in that game. It was right. atrocious, absolutely atrocious. So again, is, th- is this a game that we can put on Trey Lance? No, we can't. We really can't. Why? Because the 49ers gave up 99 yards rushing to the Bears and they gave them 99 penalty yards. They gave them the same number of penalty yards as they did rushing. And then not only that, but they, uh, they had one of the touchdowns that the Bears had was on a broken coverage, right? You can blame. I personally, I think that's Hufunga's fault, right? Uh, he, had, he needs to pick up that, that route. Uh, instead, he started to go after, after uh, Fields, who was scrambling. And then all of a sudden, Dante Pettis. There's, you're not going to see a more wide-open touchdown than, than, than that Dante Pettis touchdown. Now, did did Trey have a great game? No, right? He had an under 50% completion percentage or right around 50%, sorry. Um and then, you know, like you said that that overthrow to Tyler Croft um, you know, in my notes I put Garoppolo-esque cuz we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo do that a fair amount of times, but also, you know, again, that's not fair, but that's what I had in my notes. Um and then, 
you know, there were a couple of other times that that throws that he made where you're like, what are you doing? Um, or obviously that interception was a poor, uh, poor decision. But again, is this loss on Trey Lance? No. Um, if they ended up pulling this one out, would it, you know, would we give that victory to Lance? Probably not as well. Again, depending upon how he played, but this game is about preparation. It's about, uh, discipline and it's about, or lack thereof. Right. And that one ultimately is on the team as a whole and Kyle Shanahan. So what are we going to do to be more prepared next week? Right. It kind of seemed like we weren't prepared for the elements, even though this had been on the, you know, this had been on the forecast for quite, quite a bit of time. Um, and it just didn't seem like the team was prepared. And that's, that's the most disappointing part to me. See, I think it was more for me. I think it was the missed opportunities for me because whether it's Jimmy at quarterback or Trey at quarterback, it was the same story today as we've seen. And it's that the Niners who have all this talent everywhere but they seem to keep missing opportunities. And what did you miss today? Well, you have Debo fumbled in the red zone, which you can't, you can't, you know, and, and Debo dropped some passes today too. And, you know, it was wet out there, but Debo also drops a lot of passes. He does look it up. That's his one flaw in his game really. Um, so they had those missed opportunities there and you, you look at, he missed the throw to Croft. Well, yeah, we've seen Jimmy do that too. Now we're seeing Trey do that. That's, that's a touchdown. So you have the, you have the, that would have been a touchdown. The Debo fumble would have been a touchdown. They, they should have been up by three scores in this game, you know, and they just kept missing these opportunities. And then you talk on defense. I mentioned the penalties, the missed opportunities to get off the field, you know, by the Greenlaw and El Shire. What, what are they do? What are they thinking? What are you thinking? It's undisciplined. It's crazy. It's just, it's just, it's just bad. Was it Greenlaw who had the fa- face mask too, right? Mm-hmm. So like just completely undisciplined. And Greenlaw had one of the worst games I've ever seen a 49ers linebacker have. He was yeah, atrocious yeah. today. Give up the touchdown. He had bad penalties. He's missing tackles. Um, and the, the touchdown pass to Pettis, I don't know if that was Hufunga or Greenlaw or just everybody was just running towards fields. I don't know. But yeah, it's just missed opportunities. And the one thing I will say, and it did, when the Niners had to come back, the weather did get really bad. But that's not, I read to play in the elements. But the one thing, and I think somebody said this, but I, I said this to someone earlier, someone in the comments just said it. Fields did, Fields didn't play great either. Fields no. made, he made some plays. He made a few plays when he had to, and Lance really didn't do that today. So again, will he have opportunities to do that in the future? Yes. And will he do it? Sure. I'm sure he will. But today it didn't happen. So that's, that was the story of it for me today. It was missed opportunities, and you just hope that, that it was just a week one blip type thing and that they can get it together. Because it was, you know, Zane, I don't feel the way I did last year where I'm like, there's major problems here. I do think maybe they're not as deep as we thought they were. And we'll talk about that with the Mitchell injury a little bit later. But um it's tough to judge things on week one, but it was just a game of sloppiness and missed opportunities to me. Yeah. And I think that, you know, the weather, it, it makes it impossible to actually get an accurate sort of gauge for this game. And, and uh, would, would the Niners have won if it was nice weather? No doubt. I have no doubt in my mind that if it was like no, a normal sort of game and I was, I was watching games from around the league today and I was like, God damn it. Like this had to be the one game where not only like he had re- like terrible rain or any rain at all, like, it's September. Like that's time around the league where like it's nice everywhere. And mm-hmm. it happened to be a freaking monsoon in, in the Niners game. I was like, damn dude, that, that sucks. And for me, like, you know, my, my, uh, I, I've got a lot of family in Chicago, like, you know, half my family's from there. So it's like, you know, I was talking to them and like immediately after the game, like, you know, the range just cleared up too. And I'm like, of course it did. Right. Cause the, the elements and the universe conspired against the 49ers to, to, <laughs> against them today to win. But um, to your comment, Brian, I think that, so here's the thing. I don't, I, while I do agree that this loss is not on Trey, I don't believe that he, he should be 
immune from any criticism, like regardless of for, for any player. And the reason why is this, because I think that like Al, what you said in the open is pretty accurate. Like he did some things well, he did, he did some things that, that weren't so well, right? But when it came down to it, they, it was 13 to 10 and they had a chance to tie or go ahead. And he just threw like a, like a crushing interception, that crushing interception that essentially yeah. ended the game, right? That was it. It was a bad interception. Yeah. And, and it was right to him. And, and that was basically it, you know, like they got a good return out of it and, and, you know, they scored the, the, you know, the touchdown, put it out of reach. That's so that was the one thing that I would say that Trey did that like really cost them. The other things they, they could overcome, right? Like we talked about it in our last show that like, you know, you just need him to play to a certain level and then the team will overcome it. I feel like the team around him very much collapsed today and for them to be successful, unless, you know, Trey gets to the point where he can carry the team on his back. And one day he will. I, I fully believe that. But unless they can get to that point, the team is going to have to be not near perfect, but very, very sound in every other facet because you can't afford to have, you know, 10 plus penalties for 100 plus yards. You can't have busted coverages where you essentially had Justin Fields dead to right and, and he escapes out of the pocket, throws it down the field to a wide open Dante Pettis revenge game. And the entire game flips over that, you know, your team has to be resilient enough where a play like that doesn't change the momentum of the entire game. And that's what exactly what happened. The game changed on that touchdown. And it's really unfortunate because the Niners, this this should have been put away already, right? Like we'll get to, we'll get into the officiating all the stuff later, the weather, but it shouldn't have even gotten to the point where Trey is having to lead a comeback drive at the end in his first start of the season. Mm -hmm. Like you should, you should have put this one uh, away ahead of time. So Again, like, you know, if I were to, if it's like a, like a pie chart of, you know, percentage of responsibility, responsibility. a tray would have just like a small little sliver of it, like, like 5% or less. Right. It's not, it's the guy's third start, right? Like he's going to throw picks. He's going to do stuff. But I, but I want to open up the question to you guys. Like, you know, at what point are, is Kyle, you know, in the season, I know it's only game one, but like, you have a, something in your mind of how Trey's progression is going to go. Is he going to let Trey kind of run around and make plays? Because that's when the Bears really started being successful. When Justin Fields got out of the pocket and started making plays, that's when their offense started moving. And all of Trey's stuff was kind of just in the pocket today. There wasn't any design rollouts. There wasn't much of that. He was just kind of just stay in the pocket. And I feel like that's taking away one of his best assets. And is Kyle going to implement that at some point in the season and be like, you know what? I'm going to take the handcuffs off. And if you throw four picks, it's fine because you're going to learn, for, learn from it. And if you throw five touchdowns, that's even more beneficial to you so i don't know guys like what do you think i don't know that they're in a position to let him do that i I really think there's there's pressure on kyle to i think he's he does have a leash with lance in the sense that he's a new quarterback but kyle's gotta win like there's this thing with kyle and he's always had this this sort of teflon teflon kyle right like people don't like to criticize him and he's well known around the league for his offensive prowess and things like that And that's all great and i think I i like shanahan i think he's a good coach but he's got to win at some point. He has to win consistently. And if they don't win this year, I'm not saying they won't. It's the first game of the season. But if, if that did happen and they're like, like you said, Zane, they're, they're letting Trey just learn on the fly and they're three and five. And they end up seven and 10 or eight and nine. They don't make the playoffs. But now you're four out of six years. You haven't made the playoffs. They have to start winning consistently. So I think there's pressure there. I, don't, I, I think he needs to develop him while still winning. And, and again, you have these guys, Kittle, Williams. They're not going to be around that much longer. They want to win. So like they're not around right now, (laughs) right? Like so, they're in this unprecedented situation with this raw, raw QB that's really a project in a lot of ways. He doesn't have four hundred career attempts yet, I don't think, going college and or it's maybe right around there. 
in college and in the pros. It's in, and you're with this team that's ready to win now. It's unprecedented. I, it's, it's so I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I think he has to win. I think he has to win right now. Okay. Yeah, Zane, I, you know, Kyle Shanahan is stubborn, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, his, his philosophy is as a quarterback, first and foremost, you have to win from the pocket. And if you can show that you can win from the pocket, then and only then it feels like will he start to kind of let him loose a little bit. And so I really do think part of it is still trying to get a feel of how he plays in the pocket. And to a certain extent, you got to go, okay, I get that, right? I, I don't begrudge you that because that's how you feel like your offense is best operated. But at the same time, you, you're the one that chose this quarterback and you're the one that recognizes that part of what makes him different than other quarterbacks is his ability to uh, extend plays with his legs, his ability to get out, to scramble, to buy time, right? To get out of the pocket, throw on the run, things of that nature, right? And so as much as you want to make sure that this guy can win from the pocket, if you're looking to win now, that's probably not a, a, a pocket heavy game plan is probably not going to benefit Trey. And so I think it's going to take him a little bit to kind of swallow a little bit of that pride and go, okay, look, we got to start winning. Here's what I know he's good at. And, and maybe, maybe part of it is he's still trying to get that fill because if you look at the game against Arizona and then the game against Houston and now the game against Chicago, the three stars that Trey Lance has, there is not a pattern to be found anywhere, right? Not a pattern in play calling to be found anywhere. And it's, it, it's because he's still trying to get a feel for how to call plays with this guy, which is, again, one of the things that he said about, like, why are we not doing the Trey Lance package anymore? And he said, well, I didn't realize as a play caller how difficult it would be to maintain a rhythm with one quarterback and bring another one in. And then, you know, it just messes with my rhythm as a play caller, which is why he said he stopped. I do think that there was some some player involvement there as well, and we've talked about that. But I, I think he's still trying to figure out how to put how to call plays for Trey Lance, and that's and that's ultimately why we're gonna we're gonna have some games where it's like, holy crap, look at this offense, and then there's games where it's gonna be like, holy crap, look at this offense, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's the same words, just tone, right? And so I think you know I I have I have a lot of faith in Kyle Shanahan, the play caller to get it figured out. And I have a lot of faith in Trey Lance, the quarterback to get it figured out, but they got to get on it and they got to get on it quick. Cause like you said, next week really is a must win because mm-hmm. if it, you know, now granted some, there's some been some upsets around the league, right? The, the Packers absolutely got rolled. The Rams absolutely got rolled, right? Uh, the, the Packers or the, the Falcons gave everything they could to the saints. Um, you know, there weren't very many teams where everyone that, that everyone in the in the in the preseason was like those are going to be one of the good teams, right? The Chiefs, the Chiefs rolled the Cardinals, which is great for us, right? Hey, keep rolling the Cardinals. That's good for us. Um, but ultimately, by the end of tomorrow night, likely everyone in the NFC West is going to be 0-1, right? As long as the Broncos take care of business in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Clean slate, right? Hey, it would have been nice to be 1-0 and everyone else be 0-1, but that's not the case. So now, again, clean slate, everyone's 0-1. We're on to Seattle, better weather, playing at home. You know, you got to figure it out. And I think they will. I hope so. 
I, I really hope so. And so I, I want that, Alan, and, and, and um, you know, uh, I'll defer to you. But I think that when it comes to trying to develop a quarterback, like, uh, and, and in no means are we putting this on Trey, right? Like, this is not, this is not on Trey just because we're talking about it doesn't mean that we think it's his fault. But there's a lot of nuances to doing that. And Brian, like you, you laid out really nicely, right? There's a trade-off there where you want, to, well, you want him to reach his full potential so you have to kind of let, you know, let the shackles off. But at the same time, like if you want to also win games, that means that, that there could be some mistakes that, and I'm costing your team a game or two, right? But I mean, you, you live with that, right? And I think that for me, where I'm at personally as, as a, as a Niner supporter and the, and, and, uh, whoever the QB is, Stan, like I, I am willing to live with the ups and downs of the quarterback position. I am less patient with the ups and downs of Kyle Shanahan. And the reason why is because he is in year six now. And he just got beat by a coach who was coaching his very first game in the NFL. And he just got beat by a roster that was inferior to his, his own. And, you know, this was looking like, like, I think the Bears only had like five yards of passing the first half. Mm -hmm. And the defense, like, they, look, they had a lot of penalties and they had a lot of missed uh, miss assignments, missed tackles and things like that. But let's be honest, like, aside from the, the last drive after the, the, the interception, they played well enough to win. Like they gave 13 points. They played well enough to win. And I think that it's not so much sky is falling for me. It's more so like they've got to get disciplined if they, if they want to go to the next level with this team, because they don't have the ability right now uh, or the offensive firepower now with Hittle out. And also Mitchell probably like he left the game in a, in a giant leg brace today, right? He was mm -hmm. on crutches, but he was seen leaving the locker room with a big leg brace on his leg on his knee and he uh, was walking very gingerly. So we don't know what's going on there. So the defense is going to have to be more disciplined than they've been today to be able to help the win. And I think that as the season goes along, you have ebbs and flows, like the different units carry them differently at different times. There are times where the offense will carry them right now. I feel like the defense needs to carry them for the first, at least first few games. Agree. And I do kind of want to transition to that because we can't, I mean, Trey is going to be a lot of the conversation, but like you said, this was not, this was a team effort today. It was a very, team lost today. The two points I want to make about Trey, the big thing that I was really happy to see today were the chunk plays that we knew were going to be there with him. 31-yard completion, 20-yard completion, 44-yard completion. So even in the games where he's not maybe not playing well, you still get those big plays. And that can help you put up points. And he did get a few of those today. The other thing, and someone, I think Ray had mentioned this in the comments, and I was going to say something about it too. He is not going to last if you keep taking the hits that he's taking. The Some of the calls of him running like off tackle and, and just the way he's scrambling and running into people. Yeah. That was the comment from Ray. How do you feel about him not sliding? Yeah. He, he cannot keep taking these hits or he's going to be playing 10 games a season or, or, or less. Like he, I thought he really got kind of beat up today. Um, that's something that has to stop. And Kyle was doing that with him. I know some of it's on Trey not sliding and things, but Kyle was also running plays like that last year with him. It did get him hurt in the, in the Cardinals game. So that's got to stop. That's, I mean, hopefully that's not going to continue with that's definitely on my radar. All right, guys, hey, what about when you call? I was say, what about when you call quarterback power on third and thirteen? Yeah, it's just let's just keep running in. He's a fullback, right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, before we transition, uh, we're pumped that uh, the No Huddle Podcast is presented by Manscaped, and football is back, baby, and we're back to seeing Mahomes sling beautiful balls all over the field. And your friends at Manscaped are here to help you swing sling your beautiful balls all season long. With Manscaped's state-of-the-art tech, we'll have your weapon looking more loaded than the AFC West. Football may be rough, but your ball care doesn't have to be with Manscaped. Join the 6 million men 
worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code no huddle. And they sent us guys, uh, they sent us, it was, can't believe how nice, how nice it was. The performance pack. Yeah. Um, we'll put some of those products on the show. We all got it. We're all using it. It's fan- absolutely fantastic. And you could check it out on their website, get your own and get 20% off and free shipping with the code no huddle at manscaped.com. That's 20% with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code no huddle. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for your job with Manscaped. Great stuff. Really excited to be working with them. And the products are sensational. Absolutely. I got to say, you know, I, uh, <clears throat> I was excited. And, uh, you know, one of the things I know, Al, you can, uh, you can share in this with me. Uh, there's, there's no hair under this hat, right? There's, <laughs> there's nothing there. And the reason being is because like geese in the winter, my hair has migrated down south, right? And so there's not just, I just, I, I don't want to just take care of my boys, right? I got to shave my back. I get my wife in there to do it, right? And I used to use just like a regular beard trimmer. And so the first thing I actually did with the, uh, the lawnmower that they sent us was uh, I actually use it on my back. And I'll tell you what, man, it is so much better, so much better than that beard trimmer that I had. It's, it's way more gentle on my skin. I didn't get any nicks or pulls or anything like that. It was awesome. So yeah, the lawnmower 4.0, uh, it, is, uh, it is a good, uh, a good product. And listen, and and you're about to watch Zane's face disappear. Are you guys ready? Here we go. You guys got Bush? <laughs> Get that more 4.0 to take care of it. Uh, and for our podcast listeners, you had a nice little graphic there. I wish I, I, wish I could just get rid of Zane like that normally. <laughs> <laughs> he, always, he always keeps coming back. <laughs> Disclaimer, don't, don't use it on your face. Disclaimer. Don't use it on your face. Or at least not after you use it on your boys. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, let's, let's make sure you clean up on that. But yeah, guys, to all the homies out there, take care of yourselves, man. Like your significant other will appreciate that. You'll appreciate that too, man. Be nice and uh, be nice and fresh, and and be like the guys on the No Huddle podcast. With more hair on your head, though, hopefully than than we have. Um, <laughs> all right, so uh, let's. And then we talked about the rest of this team, and and again, nobody's blaming Trey for this, but Trey's the discussion. He's the future of the franchise, right? So we got to delve into everything he did. It's just part of it. But yeah, there was so much more here. And I want to start, I still want to stay with the offense because the offensive line, we were worried about it. And looking at it today, you know, Trent Williams yeah. is going to be Trent Williams. Brendel, I thought, had a decent game, although I'm still worried about it there. Um, Burford's a rookie. We'll see. The two things that stuck out to me today is Aaron Banks, I thought was horrible. Mm-hmm. And McGlinchey doesn't look right. He doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a good game. And it looked like, you know, he looks and he had the quad tear. You know, yeah. who knows how he's feeling. It looked like he was limping. He did not look right today. And that offensive line was not good. It did not give Lance time. And, you know, I, he's already going to be a little, you know, amped up in, in his first start. And it, it was not, it was scary. That's one of those things moving forward. I think that the skill position players will be there. We'll get into the running backs, but the offensive line has scared me and continues to. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's the, the oh, go ahead. Go I was going to say, that's the big takeaway uh, for the offense uh, outside of, you know, the sloppiness and, you know, Trey's ups and downs, which again, like, we got to understand who we're talking about, right? And you talked about it earlier, Al. Like we're talking about a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience. And I don't, I don't think, at least I hope that I didn't ever give off the impression that there weren't going to be some significant bumps this season, like the interception, right? The interception, which was brutal. It was a backbreaker. And, and Zane, like you said, that kind of effectively ended the game. Those things are going to happen. Those things also happened with the former quarterback who was a, a, very much a veteran, right? 
So again, it's not like it's not like we can expect Trey to just, you know, be a world beater right out of the gate. Does he have the tools to become one? For sure, but he has to develop. But to me, again, it was the offensive line. Um, you know, the uh the first sack that great th- that Trey took, uh McGlinchey just got worked and it wasn't even a move. It was a bull rush and it, the guy just punched him in his chest and sent him like two and a half yards backwards and then came across his face and went and got Trey. Like, again, those are things that can't happen from your veteran right tackle. And I don't know that that is about the injury or not. And maybe it is. Again, I don't know a whole lot about quad tears, but I've seen him get beat like that before. So, you know, that wasn't the first time. But yeah, it was just a simple bull rush. Again, punched him in his chest and just sent him backwards. Like, you know, like he didn't have any ability whatsoever to anchor. And maybe that is more the problem than it is anything else. Um, and then the, uh, there was another sack in, uh, I think it was the, yeah, the first quarter where, uh, banks just got worked and, and actually, uh, Trent Williams did as well. Trent Williams, um, uh, his, his guy came with a power move to his outside shoulder and then immediately cut across his face and Trent and then granted, we're talking about a wet field and that's part of the problem as well. But again, it was banks. Uh, and you know, I, I don't know if, I don't know if the plan is to have Brunskill come back, man, the right guard and move Burford over to left. That seems not like a necessarily great idea, but at the same time, there really hasn't been anyone that's been taking snaps away from banks in camp or in the preseason. So I don't know if, I don't know if they would be willing to just make that switch or if they're going to, you know, if he has a bit of a leash, but one of the reasons that they drafted that guy, they said was for his pass protection. And so if he's not going to be good in it, like, what do we, what do we have? Yeah. Like, back front skill. <laughs> yeah. You know, I talked about this in the preseason, right. And I've been, I've been tweeting about it constantly. I've been, I've been repeating myself and I just, I've been really concerned about the offensive line. You could see it kind of building a little bit. And again, like that was like, Oh, everyone's like, Oh, it's just a preseason, but like, you could see this kind of becoming a problem and, and the McGlinchey thing. So here's my thing about McGlinchey. Like, I mean, he's so wildly erratic where he has reps that are, are really, really good. And he'll have a rep or two that are just like so bad that you just want him off the field. Right. Like it's like a simple bull rush and he won't be able to anchor himself or stop uh, or stop that. Right. So I think that with him, it's like kind of like part of the course, but I don't think like Al, you mentioned he's, he's struggling to kind of walk or whatever. Like he's got that limp. Like we saw videos of him in practice, like, and he was limping, right? Like he had a limp. So I, I, I don't think he's a hundred percent. Like, I really don't. I just think that they need a body there and he is healthy ish. But I mean, like, you know, the, the banks thing is just like supremely disappointing. Like it, like a second round pick last year. And, you know, you're essentially a guy that was supposed to come in and start and they end up, you know, like he, he's barely playable right now. He wasn't playable last year. And he's barely playable. It's only one weekend, right? And like, hopefully the wet field and all this stuff. And again, like you're getting used to a new quarterback back there. And the O-line has to gel based off of that. Three new starting positions, right? Like we, we, there's a lot of flux on an offensive line. But again, like they need to figure that out because that is, that is the backbone of what they do on offense, whether it's what they want to do with Trey or the running game. So that and Al, like, I, I just, I'm so curious why they don't utilize Kyle Juszczyk more in this offense as like a focal point and get him the ball. You have talked about this so many times in the mm-hmm. past that he's the highest paid fullback in the league. 
perennial pro ball fullback. I mean, they don't have the position anymore in the pro bowl, but like he is the best fullback in the league and he is not getting the ball. Like they're not throwing the ball to him. They're not, you know, designing plays for him. Like what are they paying all that money for? Right. So, I mean, to me, it's like in a, in a game where you need some sort of instant offense, being able to think outside of the box and being able to find a solution the, the thought on Kyle Shanahan before that I had that, you know, like this is, this is just another situation where you are paid to be one of the brightest offensive minds in the game and find a solution to one of these problems, like an almost impossible problem. And I know that to some people that's not like rational, but to me, it's like, all right, well, this is what you're paid to do. This is why you're better than the other coaches in the league, the vast majority of the other coaches in the league, because you will be able to find a solution to get your team out of this. And, and he couldn't. So I don't know if that's a that's a personnel thing along the offensive line or if it's like a play calling thing to help give Trey more time to throw or the running backs a little bit of room to operate. Like, I don't know what that is, but I, I, I really, really hope they can figure it out before they have some of these tougher games on schedule. And, coming. and they may have to with the Mitchell injury, because like I said, it looks like Mitchell's going to be out for a while. And now you're looking at it, it's like the safety position when Jimmy Ward isn't there. All of a sudden, that's it, that position doesn't look as good. It's it's that way with with Mitchell for the running backs. I think all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at and you know I love Jeff Wilson, but I don't know that he's number one. I like him more as sort of a number two type guy. Um, Jordan Mason's an undrafted free agent. He hasn't played a snap in the NFL yet, and TDP wasn't even active today. So, are you going to be using use check more? Are you going to run Debo? Like, what what is going to happen with this running game right now? They keep investing in all these running backs, right? Debo so, got eight carries. Yeah, he had eight carries for 52 yards today. Mitchell yeah. had six for 41. Lance had 13 yeah. for 54. Again, I don't want my quarterback running that, do that You can't do that, yeah. It, Wilson, nine for 22. You know, so we're going to see. We're going to see what they're going to do moving forward and how long Mitchell's out. But, you know, there's enough things right now where you're kind of like, oh, how long is Kittle out for? You know, Mitchell's hurt again. These injuries are popping up again. It's, it, you know, let's let's see. But, you know, it's it's definitely something to monitor. So. Well, and the other thing is, you know, Mitchell really is the only one, the only running back in that running back room that is built to run that outside zone, right? Mason, TDP, Jeff Wilson, those are between the tackle bruising type running backs. They're not outside zone running backs. They're not, you know, they don't have the speed for it. They have, some of them have that burst, which is great, but they don't have the same speed that Mitchell does. And so if Mitchell's out for a long time, Really, the only other guy that you have on the roster that's, you know, tailor made to run the outside zone is Debo Samuel. Are you really going to give your, you know, what is his annual a- average value now? Isn't it like eighteen million dollars? Yeah, something there, along something those lines, right? Yeah. Are you really going to give your eighteen million dollar receiver eight plus carries a game? Like, I, that's why you you drafted a running back in the third round and he wasn't active in week one like what are we doing like yeah, what are we doing you, after you cut the what? one that you drafted last year in the third round right yeah. what are we doing yeah. what are we doing so yeah that is that is, that is definitely an issue uh let's go ahead and shift uh we, we keep trying to and we keep coming back to the offense uh, a lot of that is just because offensive football is arguably you know a little bit more fun to talk about because we have the rookie quarterback but on the defensive Ryan, side of the I have, ball. I have, one, I have one stat for you about the offensive okay, line. Okay, let's go. Let's go. So offensive line. Uh, Trey dropped back 34 times today, right? So he was pressured on 35% of those dropbacks. The Bears did not blitz once. It's brutal. Right? They did not blitz brutal. once. Awful. Awful. Like, he was pressured on over a third of his dropbacks without any blitzing, without any extra rushers. 
And that is terrible. Like that, he's not going to last an entire season behind that line unless they get better. And couple that with the, the hits that he was taking, like there was one hit where Roquan Smith, like absolutely like landed with all of his weight on it. I don't know if you guys saw that one. I like, did. Absolutely yeah. landed with all of his weight on, on Trey. And I'm like, man, yeah. like I thought he actually hurt himself on that. So again, just, just wrapping up offensive line. They were really bad. Today. They need to get better. Yeah, I just saw this comment and I just wanted to say bad O-line play doesn't just equate to quarterback hits and sacks, right? Um, again, if you're pressured on a third of your dropbacks, you're not going to be able to to make the plays that you that you need to make, right? Um, you know, and that's the other thing is is, you know, with uh and it, we can switch to the defensive side, the 49ers didn't get as much pressure as we thought that they would. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, mm-hmm. I saw uh, a tweet from a, a guy at PFF that said that the Bears had a, a pass. The Bears offensive line had a pass rush win rate of eighty eight percent, eighty eight percent against a line where people were like, "This Forty ers defense is going to have twelve sacks by halftime, right?" Because this mm-hmm. offensive line for the Bears is god awful, and yet here we are with a pass rush win rate win rate of eighty eight percent for that team, and you're like, "That can't." You can't have that. You can't have the defensive line and the resources that you've spent on the defensive line and, and not just absolutely feast on this, on this team. And they didn't. And that was one of the other issues, right? Is that this defense did not play up to the level that we anticipated, that we expected it to. And not just us, everybody, right? Mm-hmm. That's been the storyline. The storyline is the 49ers are going to be carried by their defense and their running game as Trey Lance develops this season, right? Well, the defense didn't pull their weight. And not only that, but they committed the dumbest penalties and continue to give the Bears life, right? What is Dre Greenlaw doing on that uh, roughing, uh, you know, on that uh, illegal hit, right? Where, where uh, Fields is sliding out of bounds and Greenlaw dr- dives on it, right? A dumb penalty, just a dumb penalty, right? And then not only that, but I think it was like four plays earlier, Greenlaw missed a tackle on a running back and they ended up on, I think it was like a 10 or 12 yard game, right? Yeah. So the defense did not play to the level that we thought. And they gave up three touchdowns to a team that likely should have scored any against this defense or one at the most, right? And it was because of the penalties. It was because they kept them in the game and ultimately you know, broken, broken, uh, coverage for that Pettis touchdown. Right. And it's just like, man, yeah. disappointing. They, I was just disappointed. Yeah, I'm not even mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> it's worse. Like, like it's a parent, worse. right? Like you get, no, yeah, it's yeah, worse. Yeah, yeah. But it was, you know, in the beginning of the game, I didn't think the bears were going to get a first down. Like, you know, yeah. like the, the pass rush was there early. Ibukam Bosa had sacks. Um, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it just kind of got, Second half, I don't know if they got deflated. I don't know if they got tired. Definitely the second chances hurt them, but they just looked like a completely different unit. Um, definitely. The Bears that, first, eight, I say the Bears first 18 plays netted them 21 total yards. Yeah, like the defense was completely dominating and then it just flipped. It just, it just, like, I don't know what happened. It was so frustrating to watch. It was infuriating. I mean, it's tough to ask any team to win with only 10 points, but the Niners sh- should have been able to do it today, really. Yeah, they just they just beat themselves, beat themselves, and I am a little bit worried about that safety group. I know Bunga did some good things today. Yeah, he, did. he was all over the field, made some plays. Yeah, for sure. but, but 
when they play against a team, maybe that's going to attack them downfield is it, you know, mm-hmm. is that, you know, we gotta, we gotta see what happens there. So, you know, I am a little bit worried about that group. I'm worried. I don't know. If I'm, I'm not worried. The linebackers are good. They've showed that they're good, but I don't know what the hell they're obviously they had their worst game. They had their worst yeah. game of the group that I see. So undisciplined. Yeah. Like what, what yeah. was even the thought process in both sides? I, I forgot what the quote was, but both said something along the lines, you know, of we gave them the 15 or we're giving them first downs. We gave them the 15 yard. He wasn't calling anybody out, but like, they, the players know what happened. The players know that it was like this just rogue, undisciplined play that really cost them today. So I hope, you know, I hope there's a gut check there with them and that they know, listen, we can't play like that. You know, we got to play good, sound football and they do that moving forward because it was, yeah, the second half was disappointing, man. It was really disappointing for a unit they that had, was supposed to be elite. Yeah. They right. had three personal fouls that stick out to me. The, the play on the sideline was Ray Law, which was, yeah, I mean, like that's, that's ticky tack. Uh, there was another, uh, there was Al Shair who came in late on field and he already had a first down, but they gave him 15 more, uh, on a scramble. And there was the green law face mask on, on the stop on, on third down. Um, it was like third and 12, they threw a screen pass and like, they didn't get anything and like green law had a face mask and, you know, like, yeah, like it was incidental or whatever. It wasn't like intentional, but it gave them a first down and it ended up that's the, that play preceded the, uh, the Pettis touchdown. But I mean, like the defensive line, like Armstead, he had he had Justin Fields dead to rights on that Pettis touchdown. He had him. He didn't break down. And not only did he not break down, the I, I, I don't recall who it was that was also chasing after uh, after Justin Fields on that play. He took out his teammate too. And Justin Fields like had a completely like open sideline within which to be able to take his time and find find Pettis wide open down the field. Like it's just they were doing such like silly things today that you don't expect out of a unit this caliber uh, that you don't expect out of a unit that played as well as they did like last year and the year before and guys that are, are usually pretty sound. Like I, you know, like I thought the corners were good, like Mosley and, 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 uh, or, or, or Charveris Ward, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and I thought Mosley. like, yeah. And Mosley and, you know, I, I thought that, you know, in that sense that, that the, they didn't really get tested. But when they did yeah. get tested downfield, like, yeah, like the Hufunga play, right? So, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm also reserving judgment on the defense. Like, it's hard because like, I want to I be more upset at this than I am. But it's like you realize, I was like, all right, it's week one. A lot of these guys haven't had a lot of time together because they don't play the preseason at all, uh, at least as a unit. And on top of that, there are injuries like, like Jimmy Ward. You wonder what, you know, what that would do. There's, you know, an offense Kittle, like you and, and Brunskill and now Mitchell, right? So like, there's, there's a lot of like variables we have to look at, but I'm not, I'm less worried about the defense because we know that they can perform and we've seen them perform with this group or the core, core group of guys. That's why we're kind of talking about the offense a little bit more, right? Cause it's, there's much yeah. more influx over there, but I'm, I'm, I'm much less worried about the defense aside from the first or the last, like I, you know, seven minutes of the game, they're in it. They could have won giving up 13 points, right? Like the Niners could easily come down and score a touchdown. And, you know, we wouldn't be talking about this, right? So the defense, I'm slightly concerned because of lack of discipline. But in terms of execution, like Javon Kinlaw had his best game that I've ever seen him have. Oof, man, he looked yeah, like a beast. Good. Good like, he, was, yeah. he was unreal in the first half specifically, right? So yeah. again, there's just positive, positives to be taken out there. Bosa was Bosa, right? Like he was, he was constantly in the backfield. But, you know, I think that it's just a discipline thing. And if those penalties don't happen, it's a very, very different result today. Well, and I was going to say, let's go ahead and, but also as much as we said at the, you know, at the top of this, this segment on the defense, let's also give them their flowers, right? 
They gave up 204 total yards. That was mm -hmm. it. They gave up 204 total yards. The 49ers outgained the Bears 331 yards to 204. There is no reason why you should lose that game. And, you know, and again, when we, you know, we talk about, you know, the offense lost the game. Well, they still put up 331 yards. Like that's a game that you should win. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, like when we do talk about who really is at fault, I mean, it really is the penalties because they gave up 204 yards, but they also got 99 yards and penalties, right? Which puts them pretty even, right? Um, and so, you know, they gave up 99 yards rushing. They gave up 105 yards passing. Justin Fields was 8 of 17. He was 8 of 17 for 105 yards. The majority of those coming on that Dante Pettis broken coverage play, right? So, like... The defense really did what it needed to do. It just didn't keep them out of the end zone. And that mm -hmm. was ultimately the, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest failure of the defense, especially in the second half. Um, and, you know, part of that is likely, again, you know, week one, probably tired, right? The offense wasn't sustaining drives in the second half, like, you know, like you would like them to. So, again, the defense did play well. It's the undisciplined nature of the way that they played that ultimately, I think, sank them. And, and you know, the team said so themselves, right? Shanahan said, we beat ourselves. McGlinchey said, we beat ourselves. Bosa said, we beat ourselves, right? Everyone recognized the problem, right? Now the question is, can you fix it when Seattle comes to visit Santa Clara next Sunday? Yeah, and we will talk about that game later in the week. We're going to be hitting up two shows a week from now on um, as the season gets wrapped up and doing, doing that moving forward. And we've got some exciting stuff coming up too that we'll, we'll talk about afterwards. But, and guys, hopefully this is, uh, it's going to get better from here. So it can only get better from here. It can only get better from here. It can only get better yep. from here. So, all right. For Brian and Zane, I'm Al. Thanks everybody.